Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, welcome back to Inflate Better. I'm your host, John Omer, and uh, it's only been a couple of days, I mean, but again, luckily for me, I had a day off uh, last week. I had to work about, well, I worked all of last week, and actually I worked yesterday, so it's actually eight straight days that I worked. I mean, I know a lot of people out there in the real world probably work probably about, who knows, 14, 21, 28 days, or whatever the case, case might be, but again, it is good to have a day off, good to catch up and kick back, relax, unfortunately. Um, not so much relaxing day. I mean, doing a little household chores, you know, doing a little sweeping, you know, sweeping off the deck, um, washing clothes, just a few, few household chores, chores, and uh, even had a chance to do a little bit of cooking today. Um, again, I'm glad we're back. Uh, you know, football is revved up. We've got camp is already underway. Uh, there have been some. There's been more bad news, unfortunately, for camp than it has been good news. And we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about some of the bad news here this episode, and I will cover it in the next episode or two. Um, like I said before, I usually have most of my uh, episodes thought of in advance. I write them down what I want to talk about each and every episode. And most, also, I'm assuming most podcasters out there probably do the same thing that I do. That they might be he or she might be more might be a little more in tune, or they might be more. They probably do it really better, a lot better than I do. I just write down maybe a couple of words. Okay, this is what I'm talking about in this episode. They might go into more details. Some I mean, some have really detailed. I don't. Um, that's 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 the way that's the way I do it. Sometimes it's better off to pull out the skippy pants or whatever that pops in your head. Go with it. I had a, uh, a guy told me once uh, once many years ago when I was doing creative writing. Um, guy told me he said. Um, he said, sometimes your best idea is what pops in your head and you run with it. And I always thought that was the weirdest and the craziest idea I've ever heard of. But, you know, as time went on, he was right. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but again, he is right. And I certainly do appreciate him for all, all those, you know, for all those, uh, for all that advice way, way back then, which has been, oh gosh, been about 20-some years ago that he gave me that advice. I don't know, I don't know what he's doing nowadays. I, I don't know. I Personally, I know his name is Noel. It's kind of like he, it's like the first Noel. Noel, that's how he pronounced it. And his last name, I believe, was Webster. And I do greatly appreciate it. I know uh, he probably doesn't listen to this podcast. And he probably has forgotten who, who I am, really. So, but again, I want to certainly thank him for that, giving that idea many years ago. Uh, for those who joined for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. Please, I've always said, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow coworkers. Whoever you need to invite, please, please invite them on in. I've always stayed before. We're all family and friends here. And we talk nothing but football. And like we said, like I've always said, football is already off and running. Camps are off and running. It's the best time of the year. Uh, it won't be much longer. We've seen the first preseason game, I believe, is the Cleveland Browns versus the New York Jets. Obviously, you won't see a Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers or any of the top stars in, in that first preseason game. But again, it's always good. It's always good to sit back, watch a little football, maybe catch a uh, a prospect, a prospect that might grab your attention down the road. If you're a fantasy football, you know, football fan, it's always good to watch those games, and that's what I use. I use it as I use I use preseason as a scouting tool for any possibilities for any possible in my fantasy football players I might look at down the road. Um, Closing from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow coworkers. Please invite them on in. Like I said, we're all family and friends here. 
Um, before we go any further, we'll uh, talk about what we'll talk about this episode. Uh, actually, we'll talk about a, uh, a particular running back that has had his name mentioned in the last uh, <laughs> has had his name mentioned the last few days, and uh, we'll talk about him. And of course, his owner has his owner's kind of kind of put his foot in his mouth, and now the situation seems to get seems to be getting worse and worse day by day. And we'll we'll certainly discuss what we're talking about there. Um, we'll talk about um, next. We'll talk about fights going on in training camp. We'll talk about that. Is it good? Is it bad? We'll discuss. We'll discuss that. Uh, actually, a, a particular player, a former Cincinnati Bengal player, I might mind you, signed with another team. We'll talk about that and how could that signing be important or is it not that important? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. And we'll talk about it. Uh, last but not least, we'll talk about a. Uh, Defensive end that looked like he was going to be traded, but he's not going to be traded now. As a matter of fact, he signed a one-year deal. We'll talk about him, and we'll talk about how important that move could be to the Minnesota Vikings moving moving forward. Um, if you do not if you do not follow me here on Anchor, I'm on Spotify, Heart Radio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Just a few that I'm on, a few that have allowed me to uh, reach out reach out to you guys and gals out there and um, I greatly appreciate those platforms and give me the opportunity to uh, you know to give one man's opinion on uh, what's going on in the world of football something I like to uh, certainly talk about and I enjoy uh, enjoy doing so uh, if you've got any questions for me whatsoever please feel free to reach me on Facebook Spotify two places you can reach me on um, ask me any football related question whatsoever if it has to be a subject about today's show anything Anything whatsoever. Uh, how do you think your team's going to do this year? Who might be the MVP? Do I think some of these injuries could come back to bite some of the teams in the butt? Again, again, we'll talk. We'll talk about all that stuff. Um, certainly, there have been some injuries that have come out of uh, come out of camp here today. Certainly today. Um, certainly, for those who do not already know, but we won't go into it deep in this episode. Um, I guess you've already heard of Tim Patrick. It, it appears that he is. Hurt himself yes yet once again. Uh, we don't know how serious it is. It didn't look from what the reports I have read. It doesn't look good. Hopefully for uh, Tim Patrick. Um, uh, hopefully I hope he gets a a, a good um, you know a clean bill of health. I guess you could say. But to me, it doesn't look good from the reports I hear. It's not looking good. And and again, Zach Moss, the running back for the Colts, if you've heard today, that he has uh, hurt his shoulder. He'll go four to six weeks, which will parallel that that into the very first subject we'll talk about in this in this episode. Um, before we go into before we go talk about that particular player, um, let me reach out and let me say thank you to some new Facebook followers and uh, you know Facebook followers, uh, more small businesses, bands, bloggers, you know uh, musicians. Entertainers, models, you know, um, I certainly greatly appreciate you guys follow me. I follow you back. It is, you know, so please, by all means, if you can, please tell your clientele, bandmates, fans, fellow writers, podcasters, fellow bloggers, whoever, yeah, please, by all means, please get it, you know, please get it, get it out there. Um, and trust me, if you, if, uh, trust me, um, I will do you the solid if you um, certainly if you can pitch my podcast on your, you know, on your, you know, on whatever business you do or, you know, whatever business you do or, you know, or 
reach out to your fans. You can put it on your Facebook page. You know my thing. You know my um my site. You know my site of the uh, Spotify, which is basically what I'm on. Um, then I would definitely, I would definitely write your name down, write your business down, and your name down, and I will, and I will certainly get on my, get on there, and I will give you free, you know, I'll give you, you know, free billing, so to speak. I will, you know, tell my, tell my listeners to listen to your music, your clothing store, or whatever the case might be. I will certainly tell, tell them to uh, check you out, and um, hopefully, like I said, you have people check, checking me out as well. Um... Gosh, you know that's that's all I got to say. Let's let's jump into what we're talking about football, right? And since now we're really actually back on track. The last episode, we kind of like I said, I had a family emergency. I had to take care of at twelve thirty in the morning. I really won't go into details about what had happened, but it is something that has been taken care of and something that is is doing a lot better. That's all I can say. That's all I will say about that. Let's jump into what we're talking about, and that's football. And the first thing we're talking about, we talked about Zach Zach Moss. uh, He's out four to six weeks. Well, the number one running back on the team has been a subject of a lot of talk here lately, and that has been one Jonathan Taylor. Now, certainly we don't need to go back and talk about you know the the Zoom you know the Zoom chat that some of the running backs had because they're concerned about about their pay scale. The pay scale is looking you know. Looking grim, it looks less and less. So much so, we've already talked about that they're being compared to the uh, kicker and the punter. Because, <laughs> like, like I said, we know we are talking about Miles Sanders. He's getting paid, I think, six and a half million, something around there, per season. And that was the most paid. And I think you got a kicker. I, I know Justin Tucker is probably the most highest paid kicker in this league, I'm assuming. And he's got we're probably he's paid four or five million a year. So, you're telling me Justin Tucker is about as valuable. As a Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, so forth and so forth. Well, Jonathan Taylor's <laughs> now supposedly the stories have come out in the last week that uh, Jonathan Taylor had went to talk to Jim Irsay during camp. I believe that, that the story that comes out is, and they had a conversation, and he came out of the conversation basically saying that, "Hey, I want to be traded." Now Jim Irsay has come out and said that that's. Not happening that he's not trading Jonathan Taylor, he's not gonna trade now, or he's not gonna trade me any part, I guess, any point during the season. Now, for Ursay, I bashed Ursay the last episode, but I will agree with him on this one. I wouldn't want to take Jonathan Taylor either. But Taylor is now kind of starting to fall into that Barkley category where it's injuries. Now, he missed some time last year because of a, was it an ankle, ankle injury. And again, the ankle injury is kind of Apparently, I guess it's kind of gone into the season a little bit. It's gone into this camp. Now, the word on the street is it's not so much ankle, which I'm sure his ankle has played some part in it. But now there appears to be a back injury. Back injury, uh, back injury, and the, the Colts are now being precautious about, about him. And he's going to start maybe on the pub list. There's even reports out there that he might miss the first six games because of this. Now, Jonathan Taylor's come out and says there is no, there is no back injury. He doesn't know what anybody's talking about whatsoever, and even his head, even his head coach has kind of gotten thrown into this, kind of thrown into the fire. He's had to answer, he's had to, he's had to tell the media that, um, hey, we'll play Jonathan Taylor when we when the medical staff says that he's ready to go. But again, this situation keeps seems to get the more you read about, it, the worse and worse it's, it's getting. Now. 
Again, I'll go back to what I said an episode ago. And to me, Jim Rush didn't exactly do himself any favors when he pretty much um, went off on um, the running backs, the running backs who, who did the Zoom, who participated in the uh, Zoom conference. And he bashed him for, um, you know, pretty much saying that, hey, what's, what's it, why do you want, why do you want more money? Or, you know, why did you have this conference call? But again, you know, again, there was a point in time in this league, and maybe Ursay forgets, and some of the owners forget themselves. The running game was the running game, the defense, not so much the passing game. It was a good running game, defense, and got you championships. That's what a lot of people, that's the formula of a lot of teams. Now, to me, a balanced attack is the key, is the key to make, to make yourself successful in this league. Like we've already talked about, the Eagles did that last year. Heck, the Minnesota Vikings had Dalvin Cook. We can go up and down, up and down, you know, a few teams. Now, you know, Chiefs, the Chiefs, the last several years, have never been known to have a stellar running game, but they got Patrick Mahomes. They had a Tyreek Hill. They had a Travis Kelsey. Now, Grant Hill left last year for Miami in a trade, but again, again, Kansas City figured it out and won a Super Bowl without a legitimate number one receiver. Now, again, you know, again, there's teams, you know, like I said, there's teams out there. I mean, the teams out there that have have a balanced attack. I mean, you think about it. What about the the Chargers? Austin Eckler, he had 18 total touchdowns last year, tops in all of the NFL last year. So that means Eckler's keeping it out of running back, right? Now, of course, Eckler's name got brought up in some conversations about he wanted to be traded, but I think the uh, Chargers they've given him a little extra, a little extra cash, but more than likely Eckler will be gone by next season. But of course, now all of a sudden, you pay Justin Herbert, who is now the highest paying quarterback in this league per season. But again, getting back to Jonathan Taylor, now, I'm getting back to Ursi. Now, Ursi did not exactly do himself any favors when he came out and he bashed the running backs, knowing full well that his, that his running back is on the final year of his contract and he wants to get paid. Now, Reports have come out that uh, that Ursay and Taylor have not had any conversations whatsoever about a contract, and, we, and I think that's coming out of Ursay's own his own mouth. And I've said before, and I bashed Ursay. Sometimes Ursay needs to just like keep his mouth shut, you know, and just and just let things and just let things go. But he can't do that. You know, there are owners in this league that cannot do that. Let they can't leave well enough alone. Ursay's going. There's time Jerry Jones out there gets blamed for that too. But then again, you yeah. But then again, you have some owners that that kind of keep their mouth shut. So let the general manager and the coach take care take care of business. And Ursay, to me, Ursay just has uh, sometimes I just I just don't get Jim Ursay at all whatsoever. I mean, he's pretty much telling in a way he's telling his head football coach, hey, you need to go ahead and pay Richardson and not worry about Minshew because that's kind of how it comes off as he's not saying it in so many words, but that's what he's leaning towards. He wants the young man to start like. Pretty much right now, sooner the better type of thing, instead of Minshew. And to me, I'm sure Minshew is way ahead of Richardson. It's probably way ahead of Richardson because he's used to this, the offensive system that's going to be ran. Again, now Taylor, again, the situation seems to, get more, seems to get worse and worse by the minute. I mean, now Taylor's come out now. They're saying that something's wrong with his back. Taylor says nothing wrong with my back. So, to me... Who's, who's telling the truth? Who's not telling the truth? If the truth is not being told, 
the NFL is going, is going to come down either on Jonathan Taylor or it's going to come down on the, on the Colts itself for uh, can't for making a, making this a lie of a double back. Now, again, Ursley says that Jonathan Taylor is not going anywhere, but I mean, if, if this, this situation keeps getting worse and worse and worse, then Ursley might have no choice but to might I have no choice to go to Chris Ballard and say, you know what? Go ahead and trade him. Let's see what we can get for him. And to be honest with you, if Taylor's 100% healthy, yes, you could get something for him. Because Taylor's still a, still a young running back. Uh, you have to remember, it wasn't that long ago when this guy was one of the top, was the top running back in the league. A couple of years ago, he was that. And to me, he still can be a top running back in this league. Make no mistake about it. Now, I'm not, I don't know about the back. I'm not going to even talk about the back issue. Now, I know he had an ankle issue last year, and I'm sure that could be lingering a little bit. So I can understand the Colts are being, being a little bit cautious because of the ankle. But the back thing, that's that's a totally different that's a totally different ball game, and I don't know what's going on, and we do know what's going on with 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 that whatsoever. So, um, like I said, I I don't know, but again, this situation appears to be getting worse and worse now. What makes it worse is if Jonathan Taylor's going to miss any significant amount of time, Moss is going to be the one to take over. But, of course, as we learned out today, Moss is going to be out. So the next best guy I have is, is Deion Jackson. Now, Deion, now Deion had some, did show up at, you know, he did show up at some point last year or the year before that as well. He did have had a couple, of, a couple of good games here and there. But, again, certainly, certainly Colts offense is more potent when a guy like Jonathan Taylor's in there. And to me, there are, you know, and to me, Taylor's that guy that he is the, yeah, he's the alpha male in offense. He is what makes the offense go. It's just like Barkley, the Giants. Barkley makes the offense go. You don't, you really don't think that Gardner Minshew or Anthony Richardson makes the offense go. No. Taylor's the one that makes it go. Now, if you have a, a much better offensive line that Taylor can run behind, it's, yeah, now we're on to something. But again, Taylor's what makes the offense go. People are not going to fear Moss. They're not going to fear Jackson or fear any running back on that roster. But Jonathan Taylor, they're going to fear. And again, I know we're, I know that owners nowadays don't want to pay the running backs the top dollar. Again, we've always said they can go, they can uh, look around the corner and find some guy on the street corner and pay him, you know, pay him maybe two, three million, come on in and be. And be the running back, and be the running back instead of paying uh, one running back 12, 13, 14, or 15 million, whatever, whatever it is that you're going to pay him. Now, to me, Taylor would be Taylor would come to one of those contracts where he's probably going to want 12, 13 million dollars a year because of what he's done in the past. Now, last year, I get it, injuries kind of caught up to him, but again, for a running back, that's all the owner needs. They just need that one year. They just need like a one year to say, well, you know what, I would give you. X amount of dollars, but you know what? You missed eight games last year. Um, yeah, the price tag kind of comes down a little bit, and that's it. And that's all it takes. I mean, why do you think? I mean, Barkley, Barkley. If Barkley had stayed healthy for season two and three, if he had played all seventeen games, put up solid numbers, he'd probably be worth more money. Maybe even worth more money. And Taylor's finding himself in that same situation. Like I said, again, that's all it takes. If you have a history of injuries since the day, Barkley had one. I mean, unfortunately, Christian McCaffrey 
he ended up having a, he had the same problem. So much so that the Panthers couldn't afford to pay him. They had to ship him off to to the 49ers. Now, I'm sure the 49ers are, are ex, 49ers have been ecstatic that they've got him, absolutely. But, let's be honest with you. I mean, Jonathan, you know, I mean, but Jonathan Taylor is a good running back. Healthy. Top five, six, seven, seven running. Certainly top ten running back in his league, hands down. No questions asked. But again, what do you do with him? I mean, this injury, this injury thing is going to keep lingering. Uh, we don't know who's telling the truth. I mean, are the Colts telling the truth? Is Jonathan Taylor saying that the Colts are lying, that nothing is really wrong with his back? Or was Jonathan Taylor holding, you know, holding back information from the Colts? We don't know. I mean, we do know about the ankle. That much we do know about. And he's still recovering from that. But again, this is a situation where I don't know if, if Ursa, Jim Ursa, could come back from it. Ursa says he basically he has no intentions of um, of talking to him as of right now about, about, a about a contract extension. Now, again, if Taylor gets put on, on the pub list, he might, have, sir, he might have set the first six games of the season. And if you do that to the Colts, well, whatever chances you thought the Colts had of maybe making the playoffs, it's gone right then and there. Now, to me, I don't think the Colts were going to make the playoffs anyway. I mean, I like Jonathan Taylor, but again, the Minshew-Richardson combination, I have questions about the offensive line. I still got questions about that. I mean, in receiving core, other than Michael Pittman, I still got questions about that. The Colts' defense is kind of is an underrated defense. But again, I'm not sold on the offense. Other than Jonathan Taylor and maybe Michael Pittman, I'm just not, I'm just not sold on the offense. The offense, the offense does not... You know, does not reach out to me and say, hey, we're top five offense. Now, defensively, they could have a top 15 defense in this league. That's a possibility. But again, I just don't see it. I just don't see it with the offense. Even if John Taylor was completely 100% healthy, it's not going to be a top five, top 10, probably even top 15 offense. It probably would be. Taylor might be able to put up decent numbers. But again, it's not. You start looking around the league. Who would, you know, I mean, if you trade John Taylor, Yes, they're going to want Jonathan Taylor. Now, granted, they're going to want a a full history, a full you know, a full you know, health report on this guy. And certainly, they're certainly going to want that to see if his back issue is, you know, the Colts are making this up or Taylor kept it from them. They they're going to want to know about that. Certainly, they're going to want to know about. But again, there's plenty of teams in this league that would would want him. I mean, there's teams that might be just on the cusp of a playoff spot. And they can and they can certainly use a guy, use a guy like like that, um, but again, you know, yeah, I would have a hard time trying to figure out. Well, I mean, I have a hard time trying to figure out what team he could go to that would make it. I mean, can you see maybe with the Chicago Bears? You think about it. I don't have Jonathan Taylor and Foreman as my starting running back. The Bears' offensive line has done. They have tweaked it in the offseason. It's gotten maybe a teeny bit better. But can you imagine if you had Jonathan Taylor and Justin Fields in the same backfield? I'll just, I'll put it out there. I'll put it out there. Again, maybe the Bears. The Bears, I think the Bears, the Bears probably have a good enough chance because because I think they've had, they've got some draft picks. They've got compensation. They could probably pull, yeah. They could probably pull, they can pull something like that off. But can you imagine Jonathan Taylor and Justin Fields? Now, that would be something to behold of. In Chicago, you put them those two together. You got number one receiver DJ Moore. Now I'm not gonna say the Bears' offense would be, yeah, top ten. 
I'm not going to say that, but it'll be a lot more improvement than it was last last season. That's just one team I'll put I'll, I'll put I'll put out there right here and right now as somebody that you can wind up. Yeah, that you wind up you know wind up on. Again, you start looking around now. Tampa Bay now. Tampa Bay would be a stretch. You know they got Rashard White. Or if you brought a, a, a young Jonathan, you brought Jonathan Taylor in there to put him with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and it would take a lot of pressure off of Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. It would it would certainly it would certainly do wonders right there. But again, again, again that's just wishful. Th that's kind of wishful thinking on my part. Now, can you imagine? I mean. It's a lot. It's a lot. A lot of teams. Now, can you imagine if you went to, let's say, you went to the Miami Dolphins? Now, can you imagine in, in that system? You would. You, yeah. Can you imagine Miami now? Miami. I don't know if Miami. Miami probably couldn't afford him. But again, you put Jonathan Taylor in there with a Tyreek Hill, a Jalen Waddle. Can you imagine how Miami's offense would be? Miami would certainly be the team to beat by far if they added Jonathan Taylor in that. Yeah, in that division. Again, I'll put it out there. Now again, you can you can keep you can keep. Here's here's the weirdest possibility, and I know this is never going to happen. What about the Cincinnati Bengals? Can you imagine Jonathan Taylor and that offense with Chase and Higgins? Taylor would be an upgrade with Mixon. Now, Grant, you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to fandangle a trade, which ain't is not going to happen. I know, but can you imagine Jonathan Taylor in that in, in that system? And offensively, they would be even better offensively. But again. Again, that's again more wishful thinking on my on, on my part. Now, the weird possibility. What about the Denver Broncos? Now, I get you got a John a, a Javante Williams who might be ready by week one, maybe. But again, what if you had Jonathan Taylor in there to go with Javante Williams? You talk about you talk about Denver's offense, and it would go up another level. Absolutely, go up another level. But again, there's just that's again there's some thoughts I'm just putting out putting out there. But the best option, Chicago Bears would be the best option by far any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I can see him with the young with the young Justin Fields, going with maybe DJ Moore and his other young receivers. Again, maybe a little a little offensive line improvement. Yeah, Chicago could be an interesting team to look at this year if something like that was to happen. But again, Ursay Ursay says he's not trading him. It's not going to happen. But Ursay might not have no choice. If this situation keeps getting worse and worse, he's not going to pay the man. He doesn't want to pay the man. Now there's rumors about his maybe his back is hurting. Taylor's coming out and saying, no, my back's not hurting. And like I said, this situation is getting worse and worse by the minute. The new head football coach, he just, he's now thrown into, thrown into all of this. So again, this is not good for all, for, for any, any account whatsoever. Now, could there be, and there's even a possibility Taylor could miss some time going into the season. If that is the case, then that's not good for the Colts. And like I said, like I've already said, if the Colts had any thoughts whatsoever of even attempting, or even sniffing at the playoffs, Taylor would have to be healthy for a full 17 games for even that to be considered a possibility. And even then, I really don't think, I really don't think that the Colts are even playoff or a playoff team, not this year anyway. Again. It's interesting. It's interesting to see now. Minshew struggles right away. Do you, does you know? Does Ursay go downstairs and say, you know what? Put Richards in there. Put him in there now. Let's let's see what we got. 
and I got a feeling that might end up being the case. But again, you know, again, as far as the the new possible negotiations or, or all this talking about all this, Ursa kind of brought it upon himself. He brought this upon himself because of because all that Zoom meeting. You know, he brought it upon himself. Maybe you know, I'm not saying Jonathan probably wanted some money, and I'm sure he does. I'm sure he did, and I'm sure he still does. But I mean, um. Ursi kind of putting his foot in his mouth because he had his running back that he knows is going to be a free agent. He knows he wants to get paid money. If Eric had kept his mouth shut, you know, you have to wonder, you know, you have to wonder from both sides of this, you know, you know, you have to wonder from both sides who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth. And it's hard to say. But for, you know, for Jonathan Taylor, this is a very talented player. Make no mistake about it. He is a talented ball player and deserves, deserves, a, little, deserves a little something. The way the owners are going are acting nowadays, I, I don't know if you'll ever see them. I mean, I don't know if you'll see that, you know, big contract now. Like I said, Barkley, Barkley got a little, a little bit more money than he was looking for, but that's only one year. Barkley did not get a long-term extension. Now, if Barkley goes out there and has a let's say similar year they had this past year, then Barkley's going to want more money. And do you think the Giants are going to pay him more money? Now, John Taylor. If he gets healthy, hits the field right away, and plays all 17 games, and gets maybe 13, 1,400 yards, then again, he's worth more money to the Colts, and you know, more money on the free agent market. Well, maybe. But again, it's going to be hard for any running back nowadays to get that that big, that big bucks. But again, it's a situation that's not getting any better. And Ursa may not have no choice if they can't come to some kind of agreement, some kind of, you know, some kind of contract extension, or or even over this back injury thing or whatever, whoever, whoever's telling the truth. If they can't, can't get past this, then it might be the point of no return. And then again, Jonathan Taylor may be, may be uh, shipped on, on, out of town. And a team like Chicago Bears with a Jonathan Taylor on it, would, would would make things a little bit interesting in the in the, in the uh, NFC North. Now, again, I would still have a little bit. I would have a problem with the uh, Bears' pass rush. Just a little bit of a problem with the Bears' defense in general. But again, the offense would be at least be on the upside if it did that. But again, first say he's not trading him. And as long as he doesn't trade him, as long as he wants to have him holding out, then. It's not a good. It's not a good sign for. It's not really a good sign for Jonathan. You know, it's not really a good sign for the Colts. Not a good sign for Jonathan Taylor. That if it's a possibility, sets out for an extended period of time, then it's not going to do nobody any good for the Colts nor say. Then you might not have a choice but to trade. Maybe Chris Waller needs to look into the possibility of maybe trading Taylor. Even though I don't want to do it, but you know, for the benefit of the doubt, for the sake of this team. They might have to do it sooner, sooner the better. Now, read this. Now, read this about a, a couple days ago, because it's been a couple days since we've done the, the last episode. Now, you heard, um, you heard. I guess you heard that Travis Kelsey has been. Uh, I think he's been mixing up. He's been mixing up, getting a couple fights with some um, not not starting players on the maybe some. Some backup players, some guys that might even make the Kansas City Chiefs roster. Now, now again, yeah. Now again, I know that pretty much. In, I'm not going to say that every single camp, but you always hear those little 
fight to go on go on in camp. And I believe the Cardinals, it might have been the Cardinals, what they might have been yesterday that day, the Cardinals had a little bit of a little bit of fisticuffs uh, almost almost going uh going as well. Now for for Travis Kelsey, now I know Travis is an emotional player. Now sometimes there's nothing wrong with being an emotional player. Uh, it means that you care. That means you care about the game. Now, and I'll say, and I'll say this from from a personal standpoint. Um, now, granted, I'm not the athlete that Travis Kelsey is. I'll never make that make that claim. Now, when I did play when I did play softball years ago for my wife's church, I was an emotional. And I was intense. But again, that's who I was because I wanted to go out there. And I want to play my very best, and I want to be play my very best for my for my team, for my teammates, and I want the opponents to sit. And I want the opponents to to sit back and say, "Man, man, I don't know about that guy. You know, that guy's a little too much for me." I think it's more of a it was more of a psychological thing. In the words of the, sometimes in, I believe it's in the words of the great Yogi Berra. If y'all know Yogi Berra, was a catcher for many many years ago with the. Uh, New York Yankees, even before my time, but of course Yogi managed the New York Mets and New York Yankees. Yogi said sometimes it's ninety percent mental, and a certain level of the ten percent is physical. That's basically what Yogi was what Yogi was saying. Now, again, I get yeah, I get I get Travis wants to be, you know, he's trying to be gun ho. He's trying to you know he he wants to keep that intensity level not only in camp. But he wants to carry it. Well, let's put it with Kelsey. Okay, Kelsey's not going to play in preseason. Okay, that's kind of a foregone conclusion. And he wants to carry. He wants to. He figures, okay, well, let me get revved up now. Let me get that intensity going now because I know I'm not going to play in preseason games. I want to get it all in here and now because once the season gets around. Now, certainly, I think Travis Kelsey has gotten a lot of penalties and probably gotten fined. I'm sure in his time in, in, in the NFL. Now, the bad part about I had, I had I had that is the only bad part I got about all this is this. Now, Travis has to realize deep down inside he is Patrick Mahomes' best option receiver, right? And he knows he's his best option. Now, I don't care if the guy I don't care if the guy's a starting cornerback, linebacker, or you know I don't care if the guy's going to vacuum groceries next week. The bottom line is is you want to kind of tone it down just a little bit. Because you don't want the emotions to carry over so much so that uh, who knows that you might grab the guy's face mask and who knows you might break a thumb or something like you doing some of the process or you take a swing at somebody and you might break your hand or something and stuff like it happens and you don't want you don't want Patrick Mahomes' best option to just go off like that to the point where I don't know if Travis would actually go to the extremes. With his own teammates now, maybe he might do it against the Raiders or the Broncos or maybe the Chargers because of rivals in their own division. Maybe so, or maybe the way that him and the Bengals have it going on, maybe he'll split it over the Bengal. But uh, again, for me, when you're in camp, I would say you gotta dial it down just a notch. I mean, I, your team knows. Okay, the thing is, your team itself, they know how intense you are. They know the emotions that you carry. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, the team, the entire team knows the, the emotions. But there's times, my man, you got to keep it in check. Trust me, there's times I want to go to my job and just tee off on fellow associates, 
customers or they act, act stupid and they do act stupid. I know y'all, you know, the customers out there, they, they say the customer is always right. Have you always, I'm sure you guys have heard that expression, right, guys and gals, right? And the customer is usually about 95% wrong. Maybe 5% of the time they might be right on something, but 95% of the time they're usually wrong. But for, for my, my thing with Travis Kelsey is this, and Travis, we know you're the best tight end in football, future Hall of Famer, got you a couple, both, couple Super Bowl rings. I get all that. But Travis, like I said, and, and I'll be honest with you, Travis Kelsey doesn't know me from Tom, Dick, nor Harry, and he could care bleeping less probably about, you know, about, you know, like this podcast. But anybody who does, anybody who listens to this, man, you got to tone it down just a little bit because we don't want you to get out there, like I said, break a hand or get hurt somehow, and then again, your chances of repeating as Super Bowl champions go right out the window because you're Patrick Mahomes' best option. Because let's be honest with you, you've got a lot of question marks at that receiving spot, but you're the surefire thing that Patrick Mahomes can count on on a regular basis. So, man, you've got to tone it down. Now, again, the running back, you know, the running game, you got to remember, the running game has been kind of non-existent for a while. Now, last year, it might have shown a little bit of promise with Isaac Pachenko. Now, Isaac is supposed to start. Could he become a thousand-yard back? I mean, it's possible, yes. But, again, Everything revolves around Patrick Mahomes. And Travis has to realize that he, like I said before, and I'll say it again, he is the number one option, right? Bottom line. And that's he is. He's the number one option. And you cannot, you know, and you cannot make any mistakes whatsoever that's gonna cost this team a repeat, a possible repeat is now again. Now again, don't get me wrong, Kansas doesn't have a cakewalk in this in this in this conference. You still gotta get through Buffalo. Miami's improved. The Jets have improved. Okay. You still got the Bengals contender. The Ravens have improved a little bit this year. But can can Cleveland get back on track? Can Pittsburgh get back on track? Jacksonville's improving. Okay. How much do you trust Tennessee? Even though they added DeAndre Hopkins, how much can you trust them? You still got the Chargers. You still got the Broncos who should be improved. So you've got a lot of teams in this conference. And it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be a cakewalk in your own division. Now, I get it. Now, I get it. With the Broncos, you beat the Broncos, what, like 15 straight times? That's what Frank, Frank Clark was talking, I think, the other day in an interview. Interview that, that uh, he's been on that. He's been on the other end of that stick with Kansas City where they beat them 15 straight times. Now, with Sean Payton aboard, I don't know if – I, I believe that that streak may be able to come to an end. Now whether now whether Sean wins the division or not, that remains to be seen. Denver, I think, has a chance to be a wild card team. But again, I don't discount the possibility that Peyton could Sean Payton could pull it off if he gets Russell Wilson back on track. But for from for man Travis Kelsey, I got I got to sit there and I got to be honest with you, dude. You got to kind of tone it. You got to tone it down a little bit. We all know how intense you are. We all know how good you are. But again, you know. For me, it's like how it's like it's like it's like um, I don't know if I can really give Travis advice. Now, granted, I don't do like I said, I don't do sports, and I don't do sports, and I was intense. Now, to be honest with you, when I play fantasy football, there are times, yes, there are times I will be one that I'm intense because I want to win, because I want to prove to people that you know that I know what I'm doing, and I feel I feel. 
if I can win a championship here, a championship there, then maybe in my own, in the back of my own mind, it tells me that, okay, that's, yeah, then, yeah, that you are not as bad, you're not that bad. Um, again, for, uh, for Kelsey, my, you know, my point of view is my man, dial it back a notch, heck, save it all for the regular season. Now, granted, you want to go out there to the point of the regular season when you cost your team 15 yards or maybe you break your hand or, yeah, or something, but you don't want to break your hand or have any setbacks during preseason, and that carries into the regular season. And then trying to, then again, Patrick Mahomes is looking around like, I don't have my security blanket in Travis Kelsey. What am I going to do? Who am I going to throw the ball to? Who can I trust? Well, he has that faith and that trust in Travis Kelsey, but he doesn't have it. I don't really believe he has it anywhere else. And I think that's what I think that's what that's where it's going to show. That's going to be where Travis has to. Maybe he has to not only think about it. He's got to think about his team when he blows up. Now he's blowing out that maybe a couple a linebacker or a guy in the secondary that might not be on the, that might not even make the team. Well, okay. Maybe they had a good enough showing to be on the practice squad. Maybe. But you don't know. These guys could be doing construction work next week or in a couple of weeks they could be doing construction work, grocery store, bag groceries or whatever the case might be, right? But, you know, but for Travis, I mean, I, and Travis is not really the only one. I mean, it's got to look camps. I mean, not, I mean, everybody in game probably gets a little pissed to cuff. Like I said, the Cardinals, they got, they got to look pissed to cuff. I mean, Everybody in camp probably gets some fisticuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean over, over, over simple stuff. I mean, you know, offensive linemen getting, you know, getting with defensive ends. I'm sure, you know, receivers getting with the cornerback or a safety. You know, um, you know, maybe offensive linemen feels that maybe, you know, you know, offensive line, I said offensive line and defensive line get into it. You know, stuff like that. I mean, it happens. It does happen. They get the heat in the moment. Because, again, and you got guys that, that you got some guys that are trying to make a team and they want to make an impression. Now that when Kelsey caught that and touchdown with that um, linebacker, the linebacker wants to make an impression on Andy on Andy Reid because he wants to make the team because you don't know the man situation or the, or the guy with the safety. You, you, you want to make an impression on the coaching staff. Now you're fighting for the ball and you're trying to make an interception. Now Travis snatches it, snatches it from you. He gets a touchdown. And Travis doesn't like, you know. But again, Travis is going to realize this guy's got to make an impression on Andy Reid. Because if he doesn't make that much of an impression on Andy Reid, you know what? He's going to the street corner. He's, he's going to go back selling insurance or whatever he was doing. Or he's going to find a job selling insurance or something. So he's got, so they want to make an impression. To, you know, Travis has nothing to prove. And there's nothing wrong with having a competitive spirit. I like the competitive spirit. But the thing is, you gotta remember these guys are trying to are trying to do whatever it takes to, to get a job on that team for Kel, you know, and for Kelsey. My advice, my man, you gotta dial it down just a little bit because you gotta realize that you are the number one weapon on this team. You're the number one. You're the number one option for Patrick Mahomes. Now, Tyreek Hill is still around. Okay, maybe you could be one B. Okay, maybe that. But dial it down, realizing you gotta realize that you need that that the Chiefs need you, Patrick Mahomes need you, because again, again the receiving options are, are starting to dwindle. You got you have a lot of more second year players, 
Gaza had not done anything yet with that impose and you have to rely on some rookies. So again, Travis, you be surefire thing. You've got to tone it down because you're gonna make a mistake and break a hand, break a thumb, or something worse. Because if it happens to be the something worse part of the deal, you have to get it for for an entire season, then Kansas City may very well lose their grip on that division and they and will not repeat as Super Bowl champions. Now, I believe they can still get back to the playoffs, but Travis, if that happens, my man, and you and you do something like that, then that's gonna be probably that's gonna be on on you. So my man, dial back just a little bit. Now the Miami Dolphins went out the other day, they signed Eli Apple. Now Eli, of course, has been with the Cincinnati Bengals the last couple of years, and Eli has played has played fairly well for the Bengals. So the Bengals Bengals, of course, they were on, you know, crunching, crunching numbers, and they felt they could not bring, you know, Eli back. Now, certainly with the Bengals, it's all about Joe Burrow, Chase, and Higgins. And I'm sure Eli was one of those cat casualties where, hey, we just can't keep him around. They look back and say, we got some guys that we believe that can replace Eli. Now, Eli's been late for a few years. He started with Giants. Giants let go. Went to the Saints. Saints to the Bengals. And he's gone to Miami. Now, certainly we all know the reason why he's in Miami because Jalen because Jalen Ramsey got tangled up with Tyreek Hill in practice and he hurt his hurt his knee. He's gonna be out for a significant amount of time. We don't know how long it's gonna be, but he's not he's not certainly not gonna be ready by week one. That's pretty much a given. So they bring a veteran veteran in like Eli Apple, which which again, I have no problem with that. It's it's a smart move on Miami's part. I mean you got a veteran cornerback that's sitting out there. That's, he's not a bad cornerback. I'm not going to put him in the top 10 by any stretch of the imagination. But Eli, Eli did well for himself. Did well for himself, you know, um, you know, with the Bengals. And, again, he was able to get, he was able to help get the Bengals into a Super Bowl. So, again, I mean, he's, he's not a bad cornerback. He's not a top-notch cornerback. But he will do, he will do for the time being until Jim Ramsey gets back in there. Now, Certainly, all know that uh, him and Tyreek Hill had the um, had words, you know, during the, during the uh, playoff during the playoffs when you had Chiefs, you know, Chiefs and the Bengals, that is jabbed back and forth about which one's better and so forth and so forth. Now, obviously, they obviously um, Eli's come out and said that everything is pretty much all hunky dory, um, everything's cool. He said all it is is just talk, and him and Tyreek get along real, real well. Well. I'm sure that's probably the case because because Eli and Tyreek Hill are both looking for one thing: Super Bowl, right? Miami wants to raise, you know, raise the Lombardi Trophy. And I take and sometimes your worst, you know, your worst enemy if he becomes your teammate, then you then you you might not get along with him all that. You know, you might not get along with him all that well. But if he's on your team and you feel that he can help you get to the next level in the Lombardi Trophy, then yeah, then you then you put up with it. You may do. Now I don't I don't know the hatred with Eli and how Tyreek is that deep. I don't think it is. Again, it's all talk. Now I'm sure that Eli and Tyreek will get in practice. They'll probably go one on one. And I'm sure I'm sure if if uh, Tyreek blows by Eli for like a, a, a eighty yard bomb for a touchdown or something like that, you know, I'm sure it'll work better than Eli. Let's say if Eli gets lucky. He cuts in front of Tyreek and picks off a pass, 
and I'm sure he's going to say so. But again, it's 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 all friendly competition. And in preseason, certainly in camp, you want that friendly competition. And you certainly don't want to go to certainly get into a fight fight that friendly competition. It turns out to be you know, far worse than what it is. But again, again with them, it's a smart it's a smart move on Miami's part. You went out, you got a veteran cornerback. Now again, you got Howard, you got a Pro Bowler and Howard on the other side, and Eli. So again, so again, it's adding, just adding more depth to the team. Now Miami's still looking to add more depth to other spots, and again, they're looking at maybe another another running back. I know they've got they're like five or six deep at running back, and of course they're still in, in the Dalvin Cook conversation. Even though I think the conversation might be starting to dwindle a little more by the minute. But again, Eli, again, Eli's not a bad pickup for him. Again. Eli's a veteran. He's a veteran. He's been away for a few years. Again, you know, he had his he had his ups and downs with the um, yeah, with the uh, Giants. And the Giants got tired of it and they traded the Saints. And he didn't play that poorly for the Saints. He didn't play poorly for the Bengals. And again, I don't think he'll play that poorly for yeah for uh, Miami. Now, what I'll say is this: is I'm sure that most Miami opponents. Are going to go after him more so than Howard. And again, I'll put that out there, and I'm sure they are. So, whoever the number two receiver is, because you know Howard's going to cover number one. So, whoever has the number two receiver on that team, let's say if Miami's got to play Cincinnati, well, you'll put Eli probably against T. Higgins. That would be an interesting matchup. Again, now I can go on down the list. I mean, what if you know, what if you play the Chargers? Well, more than likely. He's going to cover Mike Williams. So Eli's will probably get the number. He's not going to get nobody's number one receiver. And I'm sure in Cincinnati, he probably did. There are times where he had to go up against that number one receiver. But here in Miami, he's more likely to go against the number two guy because Howard's going to cover the number one guy. Or at least I would believe that he would. I could be wrong on that. But again, and Mike McDaniel did, I think, did ask Tyreek, or they asked him Tyreek. Um, before before Eli really signed Eli, what do you think about it? Tyreek says, hey, if a man's here to help us win a championship, I'm all for it. Bring him on in. And that's kind of the attitude. And that is the right attitude that you that you that you want. Want from your um from you know from from a fellow player. Like I said, it doesn't matter. You could be I mean I'm sure I'm sure in the history of this game, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, there were times that you didn't like didn't like so and so that you couldn't stand so and so, and then all of a sudden they come, they come to your team, and they and and they and they might be the missing piece of that puzzle to get you to a championship. Then you then you'll tolerate them, you'll deal with them, and then if you win a championship, oh man, they're probably your your best friend in the whole wide world because they accomplished what you wanted. And again, I'm not gonna like I said, the hatred between Apple and Tyreek Hill—it's it's not a deep hatred. I'm sure there's probably more. I'm probably there's probably cornerbacks in this league at Tyreek hates worse, far worse than, than Eli Apple. But I don't blame Miami. It's a solid pickup. If Ramsey, whenever Ramsey gets back, certainly Ramsey will get his job back. But again, you could be three. You could have Ramsey, Howard, and Eli Apple. That would be, yeah, again, that's pretty deep. And the one thing Miami wanted to do this all season was, was get better on defense. Well, they have gotten better on defense. Unfortunately, the Rams injury was just something that happens. We talk about in camp. What else is new? Somebody's always getting somebody's always getting hurt. It's a foregone conclusion. Somebody's going to. 
And unfortunately, Rams, they had to be that player that got hurt. But again, Miami got lucky. They had a veteran cornerback sitting out there that can that you might be able to get by with to a certain to a certain point until Ramsey gets back. But again, once Ramsey gets back, I mean, you can go. Yeah, it is a pretty solid. You got three top top cornerback uh, top cornerbacks in his league, and you have three top cornerbacks. And uh, trust me, it's going to be very interesting moving. Moving forward, what the Miami defense is can do. It's gotten better. You got a pretty defense coordinator, Vic Fangio. And again, offense wasn't the issue last year. Even though I'm still not completely 100% sold on the running game, but again, the defense has gotten better. And add Eli Apple adds more piece to the puzzle. But Eli's a lot to depend on Eli to, um, you know, to certainly take up Jalen Ramsey's slack until Ramsey returns. But again, Apple's had his ups, he's had his downs. But again, Eli was probably was probably the right could be the right guy, right situation, maybe the right situation, right time. Now the very last thing we'll talk about is that we'll talk about the Minnesota Vikings and we'll talk about defense. Now defense was a stickler for Minnesota last year. It certainly was the offense. Kirk Cousins had a pretty good year. Um so like Dalvin Cook at the time, which you don't have now, but Justin Jefferson, you had a man who almost Became a 2,000 yard receiver. But defense was Minnesota's biggest problem. It wasn't the offense. That was a lot of their problem last year. Well, one of their players, Daniel, Daniel Hunter, his name has come up the last few days. Uh, there was talk of him being traded because they could not come to some kind of con, some kind of agreement on a contract. Now, here it is a couple of days later. They have come to some, they have made an agreement. It's, of course, only a one year deal. And yeah, I think you'll get paid what? 17 million, I think, per year, maybe a few added bonuses to it. And certainly with Minnesota's defense as bad as it was last year, and it really wasn't that good, um, certainly, certainly getting him back is a, is a huge bonus. A huge bonus. Now, again, like I said, Hunter's contract is only one year. So after this, he can become a free agent again next year. And I'm going to make an educated guess that Minnesota will not be signed next year. Now, Again, Minnesota's in, Minnesota has kind of been that. They're kind of seesawing because here's here here's the thing with Minnesota that you got that you got to realize with Minnesota. You look at it because come next year, Kirk Cousins may well be gone next year. Again, Madison, I guess we'll say Alexander Madison stays there. But again, and Justin Jefferson, again, just just Justin's one of the best receivers in this league, maybe the best receiver in the league. And you're gonna tie a lot of money up to him. But the biggest problem with that is you tie a lot of money up to Justin Jefferson, it's your run the football. And defensively, Brian Flores, who is the new defensive coordinator, has got a lot on his plate and to work with that talent. Now, they added Davenport, Marcus Davenport from the Saints. People feel that'll give the pass rush a little bit of a um, a little bit of an edge. Now, Davenport, of course, he was with the Saints. He's had injuries throughout his career, but now, you know. Now Hunter, Hunter's had some injuries too, but Hunter has been productive when he's on the field and he is healthy. And again, that is what Minnesota is bank, banking on is for them to help is for to help them with the um with the pass with the pass rush. So again, again, I'm interested to see how this how this is going to. I'm interested to see how the how this would um, this would pan out. But again, for the secondary, they added. Byron Murphy away from the Cardinals. Now, granted, they still got a hold over Harrison Smith, but 
Harrison Smith is probably going to be gone at some point next season. He could be gone at some point during this season. Minnesota falls out of playoff contention. But Hunter, of course, Hunter's name came to a lot of different conversations. There was any talk yesterday he could have, he could have wound up with maybe the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens have knickknack knowledge. They always have that. They always seem to seem to always get a like a, a pass rusher. They always seem to get that pass rusher in when you need the most. It's always been the Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens' way. Now, who knows? I would have said the Cleveland Browns would have been a possibility, but I think getting Sedarius Smith probably took that out of the equate out of the equation. But again. For Minnesota, again, getting Hunter back is a is a good piece of business because again, if they have any chance whatsoever to even think about maybe repeating as division champs and getting back and getting back into the playoffs, Hunter will be a part piece of that puzzle. Now, experts may come down and say, well, maybe Minnesota has a chance. Detroit, a lot of people are taking Detroit right now over Minnesota. But again, I always figure it's gonna come down to what defense. Who can play defense? Can Detroit play defense? Can Minnesota play defense? And I think that's what it's all that's all it's gonna come down to. Now, you got Cousins and Golf. I like Detroit's offensive line. Again, you got Madison's gonna lead the way, not Dalvin Cook. I would still take Jefferson over any Detroit receiver. And again, they've got TJ Hawkinson, which again, if TJ is another element that they might have to pay next season. Again, Minnesota's been were all in last season and it didn't pay out. Again, how much can you be all in? They're gonna to have to be kind of sort of all in this season because because to me if they don't do nothing now that this team could break it this team is certainly break apart. You might have had no Kirk Cousins. Hunter Hunter could be Hunter could be traded at some point during the season. Smith could be gone. You know, I mean maybe there's an offensive line that could be gone. Who knows? Massey could be traded for the right, I'm sure, for the right price. I don't know about Justin Jefferson, if he'll be traded, but again, I don't think he'll be traded. But I mean, who's not to say the guy like TJ Hawkinson cannot, cannot be going somewhere? Sure, I would love to have a quality tight, a tight end such as him. But again, Minnesota, if Minnesota feels that they, they've got one more shot, one more shot to make it and make it and make it and play a run of the playoffs or even run the Super Bowl. This is they feel this is their chance. They had no choice but to give Hunter what he what he wanted. My only problem with that is is Minnesota's defense is still not that good. And again, you're gonna to have to rely on on the Kirk Cousins. Now, Cousins had a good year last year, but but can he can he carry that over? Again, there's no doubt with Cook you can turn around and hand the ball off to. Madison's not bad. But again, again, you still got Justin George lie on, Osborne. You got Jordan Addison, you got from Southern Cal, so you and you got Hawkinson. So your receiving core is not that bad by any stretch of the imagination. And Madison's not that bad at running back, but can't do it for a full 17 games. But again, with Minnesota, it's all about the defense. The defense is what's gonna be. Can the defense improve even a little bit? I think the defense improves just a little, can just prove a little bit. Now, they won 13 games last year. I don't see them winning 13 games this year. Maybe I would say maybe three, maybe three games less, maybe this year. And again, that could be a drop off. Again, people are still taking Detroit to win this division. But again, if Minnesota can play a little bit better defense, a little bit better defense, then then Detroit maybe they could wind up repeating as as division champs. As far as going further in the playoffs goes, 
that I got my doubts about. But again, if Minnesota is going to make it one last ditch effort, Hunter had to had to be resigned. That's all I have time for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Please take care of yourselves, and I will see you again very soon.